from Royal St. George's at the 149th Open Championship. This is the Open Podcasts. We're here by the driving range where in just a couple of hours the leading players will begin their warm-ups for one of the biggest days of their career. It's the final round of the 149th Open Championship. I'm Di Doherty, joined by Marcus Buckland and Rhys Davis of the Open Radio. We're just here to set the scene this morning with a full review show coming tonight as the champion golfer of the year is crowned. Gents, great to be here with you. We are sat down because, Marcus, you're struggling a little bit to walk. Bit of an old man. I have my roller with me, but the room I'm staying in is a little bit too small to use it. And every morning I think, I'll bring the roller and I'll find somewhere quiet to exercise. And every morning I'm half asleep and I forget. This is remarkable because I nearly brought my pink roller to the course today, but forgot and left it in the car. But I will go and get it if you need it desperately. I will take a pink roller. I'll have any sort of a roller today. Your walk is slightly awkward, I have to say. Well, thank you very much, Uh, Apart from that, you're looking splendid. Even nicer, thank you. Reese, this is, uh, how many times? Have you done the open radio before? Uh, it's my first time actually, Dave. How's it and going? It shows. Yeah, um, it does show. He's right. Um, <laughs> I think it's going all right. I'm, I'm having some some good guidance and some not so good guidance from the experienced campaigners. Um, yeah. You can work out which is totally which unhelpful. who falls in each category. Yes. But no, I've really enjoyed it. I've uh, seen some good golf. I've experienced some good things, and yeah, it's been been a very memorable week. Great stuff. I want to point out you are a winner on the European Tour. You won the Trophy Hassunder. What year was it? 2010 was oh, it? Oh yeah, 2010. 2010. You Long beat time. Louis Season by a couple I of I did, ironically. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, we had a good battle. It was uh, head-to-head more or less down the stretch on Sunday and I was fortunate enough to come out on top that week. I was week. there. You played very well. And that was the year, of course, that Louis became Open Champion. It was. Well, he was it, obviously riled by, you know, his performance at the Trophy Hassunder. I, uh, I pushed him on, I like to think. Yeah. Yes. You were influential, I hope yeah. you got 10%. Uh, no, I didn't get 10%. But, um, <laughs> You've got a tractor nice. wheel, didn't you? <laughs> that, yeah, that's probably 10%, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, switching it back to today, Louis is right at the top of the leaderboard, 12 under par. Marcus, how did he rally on his last few holes yesterday, around a 69? Well, I was really impressed. He dropped a shot and we thought he was going to wobble and then he saved par brilliantly on 15. That was a massive test of nerve for him. And then he went and birdied 16. And at that stage, I thought... Yeah, this guy, well, obviously he does know how to win. It's been a long time, but that was a real test of nerve. And he was helped, of course, thereafter by Jordan Spieth having his really disappointing bogeys on 17 and 18. So he's going to be in fine fettle today, mm. surely. Yeah, it was a momentum swing, wasn't it, on 15 when he saved par? It was, yeah. He was. Uh, he, he didn't make his birdie on 14. And I think, although he was in the lead, he wasn't quite playing his best at that point so yeah the the putts for pars often in major championships are almost more important than the birdies always looks cool calm and collected and Marcus I know you have a great stat about the length of time between open wins yes we're going to try and outstat each other (laughs) but the one I'll come up with here and we've touched upon it of course Louis Oosthuizen won the open back in 2010 it's 11 years I think almost to the day maybe one day either way between when he became champion at St Andrews and here today which almost beats the record that the record is actually 11 years and nine days that was in the u.s open so it won't be the longest ever gap between major successes but it's right up there my goodness that is a good start you've swallowed an encyclopedia i have are you suggesting he should wait a year to win or do you think he'd go for it today (laughs) i suggest he does it today if he possibly can yeah yeah, i think you're right well louis has been in this position in majors before so he knows he needs to make his own opportunities during his final round 
if there is an opportunity to be more aggressive when you need to, you know, you've you got to do it if you want to win a championship. You know, I'll, I'll be watching the leaderboard out there tomorrow afternoon and see, see how it goes. And having a lead with two, three holes around this golf course, you know, if you hit a poor tee shot, you're in trouble. A lead is not, is not um, like you can just hang tight and, 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 you know, just hit a few few shots going in. You need to still play proper golf and, and place the ball really well to, to avoid bogeys. Reese is going to play aggressively. He's going to look at leaderboards. Good ideas. Yeah, I like that. I think he, as his comments there were were positive. They showed the, showed a lot of intent, and and he, I think I think Louis is under a fair bit of pressure today. He's uh, he's played very well lately. He's had two narrow misses in majors, finishing second in the previous two, which is a remarkable record in its own right. But he's uh, and he's obviously the man to catch. So. Yeah, he's under pressure, but he's he's starting to say the right things. Mm. Of all of Louis's six runner-up finishes, he only shot one over once in the final round. That was 2021 US PGA. Every other time has been par or better. He's broken 74 times. Are you keeping up to date with this, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, I had all those stats, but I'm glad that, that you're coming out with a couple of them. <laughs> I just wanted to sound remotely intelligent. <laughs> but it's good, isn't it? His stats for the final round are great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you might think, OK, so it's, it's 10, 11 years since he won his only open title. So has he got a problem? Does he does he blink when it matters? And I think that's a bit harsh because he has been there or thereabouts on so many occasions. And, and quite often when you don't win, it, it, it's not because you've done something wrong necessarily. It's just that somebody else has, has been inspired and pipped you to the post. But having said all that, I think Reese is absolutely right. The pressure is on him. He's led all the way around. And if he doesn't win today, I'm sure more people will start to say, well, hang on a minute. Maybe he has forgotten how to win. Do you think he feels that pressure? Well, he doesn't look like he does, or he doesn't no. sound like he does, but I mean... Does he have the hunger? I asked a couple of people yesterday whether right. he had, has the hunger, and they, they were sort of alluding to the fact, no. Uh, no, I think he does have the hunger, and I, I think you can't be a major champion, you can't have a career like Louis had without having the hunger, without having the, mm. the, the desire and the commitment to get better and, and do well. I think... I think it's just his personality, his demeanour. I think he's found a way to be calm within, within himself. He's a very level-headed personality anyway. So I just think he's less emotional than some of the other players we see. Yeah, I don't think you can base whether someone has hunger or not on their demeanour. You're quite right. He's, he's a, a quiet, laid-back guy. The person I've most enjoyed this week, actually, is Marcel Seam, whose return to prominence had an extraordinary round yesterday amazing. where he triple bogeyed mm. the 14th. And you thought, Oh, well, oh, that's the we end had of this campaign. Hands, didn't we, when it went out of yeah, but then he came back with two more birdies thereafter, and he's been pumping his fist. He, he's so up for it. So obviously he's got the hunger, but I don't think it means that Oosthuizen doesn't just because he's not as demonstrative as Marcel yeah. seemed. Yeah. Did you like the brown outfit from Marcel? Do you know, I, I, I didn't see Marcel okay, yesterday. He's brown bad. with a white belt. Okay, very snazzy. He's, uh, he never lets down in the fashion department, to be fair. <laughs> with a bun. Yeah, with a bun, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, well, we're not exactly, I mean, thank goodness this is a, a podcast. We're not exactly <laughs> well, fashion icons, well, are look, we, Reese? You look great dress. in your heavy cotton top. Hang on, you're having is... a go at my heavy cotton top. You see, I'm walking in a strange <laughs> way. I'm starting to get a little bit of a complex here. <laughs> Honestly, it is soft lighting once again. Um, in terms of Louis, let's turn our attention back to him. He says self-belief can go a long way on a day like this you know i think all of us it's just human to to think of lifting the trophy and that's going to be in your mind but um, i think you just need to know it and, and how to handle it once we get on the golf course it's all it's all golf um so in a way you you need to 
believe that you can lift that trophy as well. And if you think about it um, beforehand that, you know, you might win this championship, I think that's, that's great. Then you have the belief you can do it. Reese conditions today, what do we expect? Well, we, it's very warm. It's, it's by far the warmest day of the week. It's, at the moment, it's by far the, the least amount of wind we've had, um, which would all suggest for some good low scoring. And yesterday afternoon, the pin positions were very difficult. A number of the players were talking about that. And already early signs in the early holes are that the hole locations, the pin positions are a little bit easier and uh, birdies are to be made out there. Well, of course, US PGA champion Colin Murakawa is in contention. No doubt this week has been a learning process for Colin and he admits he's had to draw on every ounce of experience from his young career this week. I think the biggest thing I can draw from the PGA is just knowing I can get it done. But I think confidence just comes from hitting good shots, quality shots, seeing putts go in and um, there's a lot to draw from, especially this week. Um, you know, I, I don't have much experience on Lynx golf and pretty much all the, the highlights that are going through in my head are from this week. And um, thankfully, there's there's quite a few. And uh, hopefully we just use that momentum that, from the first three days and just bring it into the last 18. You know, it's going to be a grueling 18, but I look forward to it. Um, it's, it's a position you want to be in, you know, as, as an athlete, as a golfer, it's you want to be in this position. And um, I love it. So I, I really look forward to tomorrow. It sounds like he's in a great space. One major positive is the fact he's got no open scar tissue, Marcus. No, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's got his first major at a very young age. He's a debutant here, so it's all brand new. And obviously he's loving the experience. And I've been struck by how two or three of our experts on open radio have just purred about the way, particularly with an iron, he strikes a golf ball, one of the greatest iron players of all time already. I know that sounds like a, a big claim for such a young man, but I don't think it is that big a claim, is it, Rhys? It certainly isn't. I've, uh, I've spoken to a number of people within within the sort of Morikawa camp over just before this week, actually, and they, they all rave over his iron play. They say just how strong it is. He can hit hit mid and short irons within matter of feet of the hole on consistent, consistent basis. And I think that's going to be a key today. The wind is down, so the greens are still relatively soft. And uh, I think I think hitting, hitting iron shots from sort of five iron to eight iron, there's going to be quite a lot of them likely out there. And, and he's arguably the best in the world at that right now. And he's leading the putting stats, Marcus. What have you seen from him on the greens this week? Well, I've seen a calm assurity which is essential obviously yesterday those pins were tucked away which yes. is why we had Rory you know, wasn't happy was no, he? No there them? were a few who weren't happy but to be honest with you I, I can understand why they decided to make that sort of decision because obviously the natural defences of this course are not in evidence in, in evidence this way particularly today where I, I heard Rob Lee earlier saying that the wind speed might only get up to about four miles an hour so yeah. of course yeah. uh, and the greens here are difficult lots of elephants are buried on them so as Reese rightly says, you know, that the accurate iron play is crucial and holding your putts, as is usually the case, mm. will be the key. Yeah, well, the average wind speed this week has been 10 to 12 miles per hour. So today about four or five. What, what is that to a professional golfer, Reese? Um, it's very, it is very mild. It's, there's not, uh, not too much to think about. But the interesting thing with Lynx golf, you almost... You get so used to playing in wind. When it does drop, that, that creates a, <laughs> not a problem, but a strange dynamic in its own right. You're used to playing a hole in a certain direction or a certain um, style or way of playing that all of a sudden it is going to be different. You are going to have to potentially be a little bit more aggressive than you would have played earlier in the week because of the weather conditions. And so just adapting your mindset around that is a challenge in its own right. Mm. Just going back to Colin, he came from two behind to win the USP. 
PGA. Dustin Johnson was leading going into the final round. So maybe a feel-good factor just being one back from Louis. Yeah, they often say that you don't actually want to go out in pole position. And as we've mentioned, yeah. Oosthuizen has been up top throughout the week so of course in that regard he's got the most to lose mm. so yeah nicely positioned but I think both of those guys yeah. are going to have to look over their shoulders yes. because with the conditions as they are there's a whole host of contenders who can strike if the top two just go off the boil yeah well I've said it all week Jordan Spieth for me I said it on Wednesday again nobody cares about my opinion but I'm still oh, sticking with thank you Marcus I'm still sticking sort with Jordan of. thank you for the honesty nine under par he's three off the lead he will be seething after those two drop shots on 17-18 yeah I watched Jordan all day yesterday and he was very very unhappy to say yeah. the least as he finished do you think um, he slept well or wriggled? I don't know. He he was he was wriggling most of the day. I thought um, <laughs> even when he was playing quite well, he looked a little little disgruntled at times. But interesting with Jordan yesterday, he drove the ball very well. He hit a number of fairways, which in recent times has been his Achilles' heel. It was the putter that he let slip, and the two bogeys in the last two holes were were really careless and and. I, unusually for him, I, I did question some of his decision making. So perhaps that's come at the right time. I.e., it's come on a Saturday and not a Sunday, and he can rectify that and, and hold putts like he usually does. And it was very interesting. As soon as he finished that round three putting on 18, he ran off the green and he went straight back to the putting green and he stayed there for quite a long time trying mm. to iron out whatever it was that went wrong with the putter so hopefully from his perspective he's got that right and in terms of whether he wriggles during the night I reckon that <laughs> even when he's sleeping he's still commentating I mean <laughs> I yes. love yes. watching him you don't so need you don't need a commentator because he will tell you exactly what he's done whether it's good or bad and I'm sure yeah. throughout the night as he tosses and turns you go no too short no, but, but to the left but to the whatever it might be I mean he's, he's a great character. we've had some of the mics actually on the caddies and it's so great to hear isn't it the insight between player and caddy I mean I'm just thinking uh, Billy Foster he's one I mean he talks a lot doesn't he but he's funny but Billy talks a lot yeah you, you want the caddy that's going to just totally chill you out correct you've um, you've probably for the best but you can't always understand him with his accent but no the, it's very uh, strong which is at times a good thing but no the the caddy player interaction is is excellent and uh, any time you can get to listen in on that is uh, is a real treat and a real insight into what goes through each shot well this morning we were watching Bryson DeChambeau who yeah. has a new caddy of course this week yes. and I wonder how nervous he is and and we did listen into one conversation in particular I was with Reese and with Rob Lee and you guys are experienced and you couldn't fathom out what they were what saying they say? to each other no they were talking a different a, language yeah a lot of numbers flying out we were Rob and I were gently arguing over he was referring to 10 o'clock Rob thought that was the direction of the wind I thought that was how far his backswing was being measured ah. in his own mind I know he uses a clock face I'm still convinced that that's what they were talking about but okay yeah they're talking about all sorts of air density obviously wind direction temperature how far the ball's gonna fly how far it's gonna release so much information can it, be too, can it be too much information and get you you know in if a tangle he's been in a bit of a tangle this week yeah. I mean, certainly if it was me, I'd just say, yeah. can you give me the club? I'm just going <laughs> to try and the hit club. the ball. Hit but it. that's the great thing about golf. You've got Bryson DeChambeau, who's got all that information, and you've got Dustin Johnson, who plays with the least amount of information yeah. possible. Mm. And they're both outstanding players right at the top of the world rankings. Yeah, I'm going to throw another stat your way. Stashington's time. We've had the last seven winners of the Open Championship have been first-time win winners. So Colin Morikawa will be looking to continue that. Louis will be hoping to break that. Uh, somebody else who's looking 
to continue that. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, we can't discount these players, can we? Well, we were musing a little earlier as to how far down the leaderboard yeah, how you, far can down can go you go. To, to and I, I said you can go all the way down to Jason Kokrat because <laughs> he was the first golfer I saw this week and the first one I interviewed. And <laughs> What's said, he on? Well, he's, he's four under, so yeah. he's eight back. But what you know what? What did he have what? for breakfast, Marcus? He had sausages, bacon, and um, <laughs> a couple of Weetabix, and he is ready. If he he is ready to shoot a 63 ready. today, I think, and then who knows, that might be enough. <laughs> uh, Mike McEwen uh, from Bunkered Online yesterday said he would go down to four under par only simply because he's a Scotsman and Robert McIntyre is yeah. on four under par. What about Shane Lowry, though, five under? Yes, there's still a chance. I mean, that would be extraordinary. Of course, it's relying on so many other players to, to drift away. Whatever happens, it's a fantastic defense of his title one other player on four under who is capable of something amazing is Dustin Johnson who had a shocker yesterday yeah shot 73 but just towards the end of his round he clawed back a couple of birdies I'm not suggesting he's gonna go and win today but he is arguably Reece, the sort of player who could maybe go out and shoot a 61 62 he could yes but I I, I don't see it going much lower than six under sorry for your co-crack position but oh, uh, I just don't the weather's too good the players at the top of the leaderboard are playing too well they they're gonna have to really falter and I, I don't see that happening there they're they're, they're likely to shoot par or better, or somebody at the top is going to shoot par or better, and that means the chasing pack has got to shoot a really low score. Oh, I just want one more stat. Just just let me have one more stat, and it's about those making their debut. Only one player has won on their debut in 46 years since Tom Watson at Carnoustie in 1975, and that is Ben Curtis here. Oh, Marcus, you had your hand up. Well, on, I, you, finish teacher, teacher. Well, you finish it off, please. Ben, ben, ben Curtis, credit. yes, in, yeah. in 2003 here at, at Royal oh, St well George's, when yeah. it, uh, the others sort of fell away of course didn't they yeah do you think Colin Morikawa slept and dreamt about that no no, no. no. I think no. Uh, they're not bothered are they I, I about fancy these. go on sorry um, John Rahm I want to mention him because he has slowly slowly crept up the leaderboard and looking ominous at seven under Marcus well Rob Lee this morning was adamant partly because he tipped John Rahm at the start of the week but he says that Rahm is going to shoot a 64 today that we're taking to 13 under par yeah. and Rob who is a terrible tipster it has to be said <laughs> reckons that that will be enough to give him the claret jug what do you think no, I think that's going to be just short. I think 14 will be needed to be done. And, and I'm uh, I'm actually tipping Scotty Scheffler. Oh, tell uh, us why. Well, I think there's this unusually sort of... Um, this this venue, St. George's, Royal St. George's, has produced a lot of outside winners in, the, in recent times. Obviously, yeah. you had Darren Clark 10 years ago, Ben Curtis, you've just mentioned. Yeah. And Scotty Scheffler, he could be the Ben Curtis story. And his form is excellent. He's had some really good performances on the PGA Tour. Yes, he hasn't won, um, but he fits the Ben Curtis mold perfectly. And he's eight under par, just four back, six under today from him, and he could have the claret jug. Gentlemen, I've thoroughly enjoyed the last 20 minutes or so with you. I wish we could stay longer. You got any more stats for us? No, I'm all out. All but right. I'm, I'm looking at the drive. I just want to explain to our listeners where uh, the view that we have right now, not to make the, well, well, possibly to make them a little bit jealous. Yes, we're, we're sitting right behind the players as they, as they warm up. I mean, up we're sat down, so we've got, should we stand up? Yeah. Just have a quick have a look. Because we're, we're, we're behind board. Oh, yeah. we've got the knees, that roller. That roller. I'll go and get yeah, the roller, roller from the car. Yeah, we've, what we can see Justin Rose's caddy just yeah. getting ready. He's about to come out. Dean Burmester's been warming up next to him. We've had, uh, actually, interestingly, a number of players who actually don't always make the cut come out and hit a few balls sometimes on the, on the weekend. 
because they're getting ready for their tournament next week. Gary Woodland down that end doing so. Can yeah. I ask a, a sort of a novice question in that regard? Obviously, if you've missed the cut, you're not going to be as significant as those still in. So how do you set about getting a little slot? <laughs> your your access is, is still the same. Obviously, you have courtesy or you, you give courtesy to those who are playing and competing. But ultimately, you're not in the way of them warming up and you can practice and, and get ready. And I guess Gary Woodland is, for, on that example, choosing to do so. Well, the sun is out and uh, we cannot wait for the final day of the Open Championship. Gents, I'll let you get back to radio. It's been great chatting to you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Di. enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe to the Open Podcast with notifications turned on so you don't miss our show tonight, by which point the champion golfer of the year will be crowned and there will be much to discuss. What a day we have in prospect. You can follow the day on Open Radio, theopen.com and on the Open app. We will speak to you tonight. Everything has led to this, a milestone championship. For the first time ever, we will run a ticket ballot for the 150th Open at St Andrews in 2022. We expect unprecedented demand and everyone should have the chance to be there. It's fairer, it's more inclusive, it's safer. What's not to like? Find out more and sign up now at theopen.com. This has been an original audio production from The Open.